The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, she said, and we do not know where they have put him. So Peter set out with the other disciple to go to the tomb. They ran together, but the other disciple, running faster than Peter, reached the tomb first. He bent down and saw the linen cloths lying on the ground, but did not go in. Simon Peter, who was following, now came up, went right into the tomb, saw the linen cloths on the ground, and also the cloth that had been over his head. This was not with the linen cloths, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in. He saw and he believed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What are we celebrating here, Christmas or Easter? Why do we have this reading of, of being outside the tomb? You know, the two mysteries are so close, and the church wants to tell you victory over death has been achieved now. In the incarnation, Christ's victory is already won. We're just watching the beautiful story unravel now. But Jesus is victor, full stop. It was, there was never a chance for evil to win, really. <laughs> I mean, how do you win against God? It's not possible. Um, so God has his way. Christ now is born. You know, think of the New Testament. Think of who is speaking to us in those books. Who do we hear from? Firstly, we've got the Gospels, yeah? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, who else? What's, what's the biggest portion of the New Testament? Paul's writings. Uh, about a third of the New Testament comes to us from Paul, who never even met Jesus while they were both walking the earth. He only met the resurrected Jesus in a very, very privileged encounter. But Paul is able to say with the rest of them, I'm an apostle. I didn't just hear this message from Peter and his lot. The Lord himself has spoken to me and sent me, making me an apostle as well. Um, then we have who? There's not many after that. Peter, James, and John, Jesus' closest companions. Remember the episode of the Transfiguration when Jesus goes up to that Mount Tabor. He takes only the three with him, and he reveals something to them that no one else sees. In fact, he reveals his divinity. It shines out, and it, and it scares them. It's funny, he showed them that so that they wouldn't get scared because he's pretty soon going to get crucified. But they got scared then and at the crucifixion. The disciples were a pretty anxious lot. <laughs> and maybe that's good company for us. Um, the point is, the scriptures are an intimate window into Jesus himself. We see him from every angle you could think of. We see him um, with, with those who were close companions to him. We see him through the eyes of this contemplative young apostle, John. John had a, a unique intimacy with Jesus. Think of the Last Supper. John, the beloved, is the one who is reclining on the, on the bosom of Jesus. And he's saying, what exactly are you talking about here, Lord? <laughs> you know, just whisper it to me. If the others don't get it, I'll get it. Think of when Jesus goes to redeem Peter's denials. Remember how Peter denied, denied Jesus at the at the passion itself. And when Jesus comes back and he meets them on Galilee, he, he, he turns back to front the denials of Jesus. He says, do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, yes. And, and he says, you're going to follow me. I'm going to put a belt around you and take you where you'd rather not go. And Peter sort of insinuates, well, what about John? <laughs> What's going to happen to him? 
And Jesus says, you let me worry about John, okay? He's my disciple, not yours. What is John showing us then? Because we get to see something that we would never be able to see. That's what revelation is. If faith were a kind of, you know, matter of scientific exploration, everyone would have figured out the mystery of the Trinity, the mystery of the Incarnation. We would have figured it out by pure reason alone. But God desires to reveal himself to us so that we know him intimately. We're not just observing him from afar. But he tells us something about himself. In fact, he tells us everything about himself in the person of Jesus. If you wanted to know me and you didn't have contact with me, you could find a lot. <laughs> you know, just Google it and you'd see my silly Facebook page and you'd probably get my contact details and you'd see I live just down the road and you'd figure out a lot. But if you really wanted to know me and to be known by me, you'd have to have an encounter. You'd have to sit across the table from me. You'd have to touch my hand, hear my voice, smell my <laughs> um, aroma, whatever. Whatever there is to experience of Ashman, you'd have to experience it um, in, in, in temporal reality. John is writing quite late in the, in the corpus of Scripture because we've got Paul's writings, we've got the Gospels, John's the last of them. We've got the letters, and just before the final texts of the New Testament are written, John writes these three letters. One, two, three. He already wrote the Gospel and the Revelation, but he's writing these letters now. And he's telling us, the Word who existed eternally with God has become known. Where's the Word? Well, the Word is with God. That's invisible. It's beyond our perception. We can never know this Word. But John says, we've touched him. We've heard his audible voice. In fact, we even break bread and consume him into our body. And then he says something curious. And you might think, this is kind of who cares. But he says, we share this with you so that our joy may be complete. Who's our? The Johannine community? Do we care about their joy? Who cares about that? But what he's saying is, now that we are in Jesus, we're all part of a mystical body. And our joy is reliant on your joy. And when you suffer, we suffer. And when you're anxious, we're anxious. And when you touch upon the Lord, so do we. One of the gospel writers, actually I think it's St. Augustine, he says that the gospels have come to us, they've found a home in our heart. The word which could never be known by anyone, but known only by God alone, has come to us now in, in, in every fashion you can imagine. Physically, tangibly, audibly. What are we doing here except giving life again, the life that we've borrowed? We're giving it to the proclamation of the gospel, that the word would become flesh here and here and here and here. The word takes flesh in your heart. But how do you hear something in your heart? We're making it audible. We're making it visible for the world. Let's draw close to the altar where St. John is praying for us, where the word desires to be planted in our hearts once again for the world to know him, to see him, to touch him, to taste him, to receive his life.